0: Alrighty, welcome back to the Norwood Noise podcast here. Uh, It is Wednesday, December 15th, 2021. Uh, It is a mere 9.30, uh, sorry, 9.26 p.m. Um, Mountain time, we are currently two time zones away. Graham is 11.30, it's a late night for Graham uh, over there in Columbus. Um, I'm currently on family vacation uh, in Sedona, Arizona, so beautiful place to be recording from. Um, sorry if the vocal or if the, uh, the vocals don't sound as good this week. Um, but we're making do with the setup that we got here. Uh, Graham, how are you checking in from, uh, Columbus?
1: Oh, it's good. Um, have had a pretty up and down week of college basketball. Be exciting to dive in before our conference play kicks off yeah. this weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. Conference play getting going
0: this weekend and into the, the, uh, the coming weeks. But yeah, let's get, let's get right to it. Um, Starting us off, uh, obviously, with pretty much the the news of the week. Um, Purdue, obviously, coming in. They take their uh, first number one ranking uh, in school history. Everyone's excited for them. They look like the team to beat in college basketball. And then last Thursday, Rutgers does just that um, with, I mean, one of... I mean, I'm not trying to exaggerate here. It's been we've had about a week to let it set in, and I would still say that it's one of the best um, endings to a college basketball game I've seen in a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, outside of Suggs last year hitting the half quarter against or near half quarter against UCLA, um, that was a top moment for me for sure. Um, especially because obviously Suggs hitting that half quarter was phenomenal, um, being in that high stakes of a game. But with the limited crowd in that scenario and with it being in a big bat a big football stadium and that whole setup, I loved seeing it at, you know, a smaller a smaller arena, you mm-hmm. know, a home court for Rutgers and seeing him storm the floor after. Like that whole scene was just so awesome to see. Um so yeah, dude, you know, Graham, give me your takeaways. Uh
1: well. It <coughs> I, I I don't think it says as much as It says about Purdue than it does Rutgers. Um, Rutgers up and down this season, you know, they've taken care of some inferior teams, uh, but then, you know, they're plagued by um, a loss to Lafayette at home and then to a DePaul team that hasn't really cemented themselves to see if they're going to be any good this year. But they've just been up and down this season, and I think – That type of game, like, will give them the motivation to keep moving forward. Um, I mean, your first conference game, or one of the first, you're taking down the number one team in the nation. Um, It's definitely going to turn some heads as they look forward. Um, And then their next game, they had a blowout to rival Seton Hall. So... I I think that was kind of just, you know, all the gears returning type of game that I don't know if they can, you know, go in and do that to all of the big 10, but it is really just an exciting thing that encompasses what these college basketball games are about. I mean, that arena probably hasn't been that excited in a long time coming off the back of their first NCAA tournament over like 25 years last year. Um... But, you know, rough start to their campaign. They're like, you know, 4-4 four and, four and four going into the season, but then you get a big win. I mean, that's awesome for college basketball as a whole, those types of wins.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that the, just the way that finished there, I think that was something that a lot of people remember forever, and I, I really do. I mean, I I think I watched that clip probably 20, 30 times. I oh, was yeah. sitting in Chicago Midway on Friday morning. I was like, man, this is... Pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Chicago midway. I was headed to Cincinnati, um, and Graham also made his way down. We'll get to that later. Um, but, yes, uh, sure. Saturday Crosstown Shootout, definitely uh, going to be a good long segment about that. Um, but continuing forward with other notable uh, games, you did mention Seton Hall. Seton Hall took care of Texas um, at Seton Hall on uh, Thursday as well. So, I mean, all hails Jersey, uh, New Jersey with two big wins against top ten teams uh, in right. the same evening. Cool to see that. Um, Seton Hall, I think, really just kind of from the outset, uh, really looked like the better team, and I think the home court advantage was a a big piece to it. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think it, but I, I think it does kind of similar to the last game. I think it more s- says more about Texas. I mean, I'm not necessarily. I think Seaton Hall's appropriately rated. I think they're right around that. You know, bef- between fifteen and twenty five. Um, you know, best team in the nation, kind of kind of action. Um, but I, I do think it says more about Texas. I think Texas has been, um, has underperformed, you know, to start the season. Um, right. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see um, if Chris Beard can kind of turn that around and really get him a, a really quality win because so far they don't really have one. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does as they wrap up conference play, or non-conference play and look look towards the Big Twelve uh, because the Big Twelve, as always and of course again this year, is going to be stacked. Um, you know, Baylor, number one team in the country now. Kansas top 10 team, um, Texas Tech is snuck into the top 25, Iowa State's still undefeated, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously Oklahoma State's kind of hanging around, like, there's going to be plenty of really good teams uh, in the Big 12, as there always is every year, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, Chris Beard does with that program, kind of
1: headed into Big 12 play. Yeah, I think this game is just um, a great <coughs> example of why Big East Big 12 battle is very competitive, because... Um, these are both teams that I don't think are the best team in their conference and obviously maybe like the two to four or five range but I mean these are two tournament teams and Texas is I mean we've said we've said it all year that Texas's success is a matter of their cohesion between the coaching staff and the players you know you have a lot of people coming in from all over the place with transfers and new recruits and Chris Beard and new coaches on his staff. And their two biggest games of the year, they've really just been um, outclassed, really. The Gonzaga game was obviously a little bit farther, larger of a margin. And Seton Hall was a closer game, but I just think Seton Hall is an inferior team to Gonzaga. Um, But I think Seton Hall, with only having one loss to a Michi Johnson, Ohio state buzzer beater three is something to be scared of. At um, the time that, you know, our Xavier boys go to play Seton hall, like that could be a, a game that you look out for. And also for any team going forward. I mean, this is a team, you know, that kind of restructured their, their team from last year, which was a tournament team. And now they're coming back with um, some big wins and, very only one loss so Seton Hall is definitely a team to look out for going throughout the year yeah
0: absolutely I couldn't agree more with you there um shifting gears moving forward into Saturday uh, Saturday's big headline was Notre Dame of uh taking down Kentucky and it's funny I was um just kind of browsing through the Saturday score sheet um and I was looking through lines and stuff And, uh, Kentucky was only favored by about three and a half points to an under 500 Notre Dame team on the road. And I, I get that the home court advantage has a big, has a big play, obviously in college basketball. We saw that with Rutgers. Mm -hmm. Um, But even I was shocked at that line a little bit. I was like, wow, really Kentucky only, you know, only three and a half or four point favorites going into that game. And this team in Notre Dame's under 500. Like I was like, there's no way, you know, that's gotta be a lock for Kentucky. Um, and then there you go obviously you know as usual Vegas knows more than I do um, <laughs> and uh, Notre Dame takes care of business there so um, yeah. yeah, I mean I don't even know if you would say takes care of business you know really has a, has a big upset win for their program um, I yeah I mean I think I will be interested to see what comes out of this because I don't think Notre Dame is going to be a very relevant team this year in the ACC um, and I don't think it's going to affect kentucky that much like i think this is almost um <clears throat> excuse me i would say similar to a you know kansas losing to Dayton type of situation um right. i don't think it's gonna have that big of an effect i think kentucky is going to continue to roll um and play just fine as as the season goes along i don't think it's that big of a deal i just think definitely something worth noting um with that game
1: and, and what happened there on saturday mm-hmm. and to add on um very cool to see um like wesley <coughs> from Notre Dame um kind of stepping up and um who reached double digits for the fifth time this year. It's really cool cuz you know, he's a hometown kid from South Bend who's been stepping up. Um I think these these well-coached teams, especially in the ACC, um who are like kind of like the middle of the pack teams, I think like acc other other than duke i think is wide open um totally i, I mean the acc other than duke is yeah tr- so mean, pretty poor i think these types of wins where you get the crowd behind you when you've been kind of below expectations or the expectations aren't high when these like acc teams have been stepping up into these games um it, I, th- I think they, they say more about what the acc could be and i really hope that this is the type of game that could carry you forward, because they are a very hardworking, well-coached team. I think Mike Bray is a great coach. Um, that it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. Yeah, absolutely, and it'll be interesting to see
0: too. He's kind of starting, you know, to get into the twilight of his career. Um, so we'll see if there's a resurgence of Notre Dame basketball. At all you know before he uh, wraps up his time there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of the notable Saturday results. Um, Arkansas uh, falling to Oklahoma um, on the road and uh, Alabama getting a controversial win at home against Houston. Um, We'll touch on both of those briefly. Uh, So the end of the Alabama-Houston game um, for those that didn't see it, um, there was a a, I'm trying to remember exactly how this went down. So it was a Yeah, so Houston was down one, um, you know, last possession. They jack up a three. um, It was missed short or hit the rim, came back down. A Houston player went to kind of tip it to put it back in, so thus registering another shot attempt, right, with that tip, going back towards the basket. um, Very clearly was not going in. Um, But then as the ball started to come down, um, one of the Alabama players, I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head, but one of the Alabama players blocked it. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, by the law, like, by the written rule, is technically goaltending because when that ball is coming back down, technically no one is supposed to be able to touch that ball. Right. It was nowhere near going in. It was outside the cylinder, so I think that's the ruling that the referees fell on. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. But it is worth noting that uh, a very upset Houston team coming out of that game, um, a tough road loss, uh, and especially on a controversial ending like that, um, never anything that you want to see. Um, and, yeah, just a very upset right. Houston team. Um, but worth noting
1: uh, that finish there. So Yeah. Uh, um, to go back day, a little bit to day. the Arkansas-Oklahoma game, uh, I think that that was a great win for o- Oklahoma's program because they've been kind of up and down, you know, deciding – like what kind of team they're going to be able to be this year, you know, new coach, new players. Um, But I think that this is uh, a great win for Oklahoma because I I think it – because Arkansas has been a very good team this year. I think um, this is a great win for Oklahoma's program because it's like, hey, we're here. This was not just another rebuilding year. So I think once they get their – Conference season, you know, when you have to play Texas, Kansas, now Texas Tech, Iowa State now, Baylor. Very talented, tough Big um, Big 12 conference play. It would be interesting to see how they could fare with playing, like consistently having to play top teams every night.
0: Absolutely. And under, under first-year coach Porter Moser, I think everybody in the Big 12 is kind of intrigued to see what they do mm-hmm. um, this year and how they how they can wrap up their season. So, be interesting to see what they do kind of headed in a conference play here um moving forward um we've got uh the sunday the, the weekend headliner uh, baylor nova mm-hmm. um obviously a big game um really didn't uh live up to expectations though um if i'm being honest i would say that the highlight of that game was definitely the standing ovation um for dickie v uh definitely good to see that Um, him getting emotional was really touched my heart personally and obviously this is going to be an ongoing theme all year I was talking about him and what he's doing but him being there and getting a standing ovation from that Baylor crowd was a a pretty special moment and something really cool to see um, live and all that kind of stuff so um, good to see him having a little moment there with the Baylor fan base Um, but as I that the game was uh, might have brought tears to your eyes as well Um, Mm. 24-14 at halftime I mean it was just a gross, um, um, defensively-minded game. Not the most intriguing game, not what you wanted to see. Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, a good win for Baylor, and I I think Villanova, I mean, almost like they rolled over a little too easily, um, Mm -hmm. if I'm being honest. So we'll be interested to see, um, again, what Villanova's got coming in conference play. Our Xavier Musketeers go on the road to uh, Philadelphia to play Villanova next um, Tuesday, excuse <laughs> me. Mm-hmm. So we'll be interested to see uh, what they can bring for right. that game and how they kind of open up conference play uh, relative um, to the Big East. So mm-hmm. we'll have to see what that is. But obviously that that locked up Baylor is the number one team in the country and they're you know best team in the nation again, even after um, graduating a couple seniors last year and and having a uh, interesting finish to the year. Uh, or obviously a national championship finish to the year last year. They're still number one team in the country, and uh Scatchers just reloaded that program again. So it'll be good to see what they uh, have coming into the Big 12 play.
1: Yeah, I think um, that this game didn't show as much about like Villanova's failure to score more than Baylor's just was on the, the, the backs of their great defensive play last year. and. Absolutely. This just like shows that like it's well coached, carried over, and um, I'm very very interested to see how this team like deals with the consistency because now that they've stepped into um the fourth number one team uh, in the country, and already we're like 10, 12 games in, so it'll be interesting to see how they can do once their conference play starts up. Um, they handled Ulepsi uh, I mean he only had seven shots attempts, uh, one assist on the night, they really um, really focused on him I think that that is going to be um, something you see once like these big games start to happen in the Big East is how they can handle uh, Villanova's backcourt, because they really don't have that dominant post presence that they've had or at least just a forward that could uh, bang inside. Like, they don't have a Dr- Jerome Robinson Earl. They don't have um, an Air Pascal anymore. So it'll be interesting to see how they adapt before conference play starts because they, they I mean, they're just like Xavier. I mean, they have very tough opening stretch. Um, so then to add on to another top team, we talked about uh, with Purdue. Purdue, um, had another shaky game. Um, they played NC State, and NC State was handling them well. Purdue, late surge to force OT, and then Purdue. And then just blew them out
0: in overtime.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, incredible finish there. Yeah, NC State had a grind for the six points that they scored in overtime, and even though it wasn't even close to the 16 that Purdue just poured in. Um, yeah. So no, I couldn't I agree more, and I will say that I, was another slap I, I in wish the face. I Absolutely, I will say I wish
0: I would have been able to catch the end of regulation. Um, missed it because I was having issues with my Fox Sports app. Um, why don't we, not we get that taken care of, please Fox. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, but did end up getting to catch most of the overtime period, and yeah, I mean Purdue just looked kind of as they have all year. So I don't know what I missed there uh, at the end of the regulation or, or through the rest of the game, but um, definitely interesting to see, uh, you know, Purdue kind of take care of business once they got to overtime. Again, like you said, another little scare, a little slap in the face for Purdue. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how they respond, kind of getting into conference play here, um, really getting into the full swing of things. Mm-hmm. And <coughs> to um, wrap up kind of the week in review, um, Bama Memphis last night uh, was was an interesting one. I don't think any of us really expected it the way that uh, Memphis had been playing as of recent, um, but a big win for uh, Memphis at home. Um, had the crowd going. Um, real quick, gr- you know, great game, great performance for Memphis. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was. Hold on one second. I'm totally blanking. Um, I believe... It was, hold on a second, let me find this. Um, Someone threw up a heat check. One of the Memphis players threw up a heat check. Um, I want to say it was, uh, it wasn't Landers Nolly. it wasn't Alex Lomax. It was someone off the bench then yeah tyler harris did you see did you watch the game at all Uh, i
1: did not not catch it
0: okay so tyler harris at one point he hit a three i think to put him up 12 or 15 it was it was when it was when memphis really started to stretch the lead Mm -hmm. um he hit a three to put him up kind of got the crowd going memphis gets a steal come back comes back down the other way and tyler harris is like jumping up and down on the other side of the court for the ball like immediately for the outlet He gets the ball, takes like two dribbles and pulls up from like the FedEx forum logo and (laughs) (laughs) like, like nothing but nylon teardrop three and the place goes nuts. Um, so that was cool to see. And and just really cool to see for Memphis. Again, like we said, definitely not what we expected. Um, but a, a good, a good win for Memphis at home. Um, yeah, everything was great about that performance for Memphis. I mean, they, they took care of the ball for the first time all year. Um, defensively, they were strong. Um, really, the only negative uh, was the was the court storm. Um, about the weakest court storming I've ever seen in college basketball. <laughs> I think Memphis had a whopping twenty four students on the floor, um, and it just looked stupid. Um, right. <laughs> so, you know, Memphis, let's work on our court storming. Um, but other than that, it seems like the the culture a little bit, looked a little better. Um, right. No big chemistry issues on the floor um, last night for Memphis, so definitely good to see that. And we'll see if uh, Penny Hardaway can turn this train around. Um,
1: yeah. I think, uh, surprisingly, something that may have had to do with it is the uh, the change in the game plan. Um, Penny Hardaway, remember, you know, there's a little bit of coaching that has to go down. Imani um, Bates, you know, who's standout five-star one of the best players in his class reclassified so he could be a senior in high school right now Is um now a freshman you know that he's still learning the ropes he's had a minutes decrease the last few games and they've turned to um noly to you know get some more action uh quinones has moved to the bench and he still had 27 minutes but he moved to a, um, a smaller role and i think I think for it served to be their benefit, you know, get some offense off of the bench and let the more grounded players, you know, get, get some more action. It's unbelievable. Um, I think this says a lot about Alabama's defense or lack thereof. Memphis scored 92 points while having 17 turnovers. Like, yeah, right. Like, what? what the heck? um and two like 17 turnovers was seen as like taking care of the
0: ball for memphis like that's the wild piece
1: yeah exactly um and it was also a pretty cool thing um jane hardaway penny hardaway's son got to get a few minutes of action um which is you know it's always cool when the when a kid can play for his son so we love to see that
0: right absolutely um yeah, all right, so that kind of wraps up the weekend review there. Uh, Memphis does have Tennessee coming up this weekend, so we'll really get to see kind of, you know, what <laughs> what they're really truly made of, and see another another test for Memphis on that schedule coming up this weekend. So, be good to see that. I'll be intrigued to see that game.
1: Mm-hmm, for sure.
0: That kind of wraps up uh, the weekend review there for uh, college hoops around the country. Um, nothing too big coming up this weekend. No real big uh, headliner weekend games or uh, anything, you know, huge uh, in the upcoming week. Um but to wrap up obviously with the Musketeer minute, um or definitely minutes tonight, we're definitely gonna have to take a minute on this one. Mm-hmm. Um Saturday, I cross down shootout. You were there, I was there, Graham, what was you know, give me give me your take. What was your perspective on the game from uh from a little bit more uh, tame uh section over there in uh in the upper deck?
1: Yeah, it was um it's very Uh, awesome experience as you know freshman and our first year really around Xavier basketball all the time Um, I had an amazing time just like being able to walk around like you're not even like talking to people you're not even like doing anything just like being able to be around um, like obviously the overwhelming amount of Xavier fans that really were seeking a big 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 win And then also just, um, you know, get to see like the small section of UC fans traveled a few miles. Um, and I mean, we were, we were in like a section that was kind of divided. So, I mean, the UC fans, you know, the ones that were there, you know, they brought, they brought their good energy as much as they could, even when they're down. It was a really cool experience to be around, um, that, that type of atmosphere for the first time. Um, going into the game, uh xavier's defense is really not being talked about because you know you have nate and are both shooting amazing and jerome and colby just make all the shots that you need to make paul's great distributor we have Fremantle back and nunji scores 31 but i mean the defense has been unbelievable um every single team has had to work for the shots that they get and the shots that they get you know the fall or not but there's been a significant effort to get them um they've been switching in from out from man to zone uh, full court uh, half court defense it's going to be very intriguing to see what they can do when there's a consistent schedule in the games and um, a lot tougher opponents say the least
0: yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more um i you know,
1: on all those all those notes
0: I completely um enjoyed my first ever crosstown shootout experience. I mean being there in the student section was it was something special that night, um and the energy it was definitely brought. So it was fun to be there. Um glad I made the trip, um, for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And just overall a really solid game from the boys. I, I think you know, they came out strong and, and really took care of business from the, from the jump. Um, I think the energy in the building definitely helped that. Um, I do think that's a good UC team. I do think that's a better team, um, than a lot of people are are kind of seeing it as right now. Right. Um, I do think it'll take some time to get their feet under them. And I do think, um, West Miller could really build a program there. Oh, for sure. Um, but for now, um, obviously, you know, Xavier taking care of business and and just really a really big statement when um they kind of kind of solidified their their spot in the top 25 this mm-hmm. week um it was good to see that and I think you know obviously big performances all the way around but Jack is obviously the story yeah unbelievable I mean just unbelievable 31 and 15 and just uh, just an overall very very solid night I mean there was not um not a piece of his game that wasn't going um so it was good to see that um and mm-hmm. good to see him just really you know embrace the crowd embrace the moment embrace the rivalry and uh and uh, be there and fully you know just just fully uh and in, indulge himself in the uh in the experience of playing at a high level in that in that uh high level of a game so great to see um and yeah i mean i just i, I couldn't agree more I think defense has been a really a big piece um, to Xavier's success as of recent. Um, mm-hmm. And, and again, I mean, go rolling into the, to tonight as well. I mean, same kind of deal defenses, what took care of them in a near 30 point defeat at Moorhead state. So, I mean, these guys looked to just really be rolling. Um, but obviously Big biggies play, you know, the, this is where the challenge really starts and starting Saturday with Mark head. Mm-hmm. Um, at home and then Villanova on the road and then UConn at home, those are three top tier opponents that I, uh, I don't think you're putting away easily. Um, so good to good to see them, you know, take care of business with Moorhead and and handily put them away. But these next three games are are no slouch, and I mean. I'm not saying I hope this or anything, but like if we came out on three, I wouldn't necessarily be shocked. Like I don't I don't think we will by any means, but mm-hmm. it's definitely a possibility. And these are three very good teams coming up on the Xavier schedule. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see um how they come out of that crosstown win. Um and really more importantly what they do next week on Tuesday on the road at Villanova. Um and so again we'll we'll be back here next Wednesday to recap that game. Um but, yeah, I'll be excited to see uh, how they perform in these, you know,
1: high-level, high-stakes matchups. Right. Um, starting off with Marquette, it's not an easy task. I mean, Marquette uh, has only three losses, but all three losses come to ranked teams. In St. Bonaventure, Wisconsin, um, and and now UCLA, Um Marquette's a very very talented deep team that's still kind of working out the kinks a little bit with new coach Shaka Smart. but I mean, Shaka has proved that he could be an amazing uh coach um at VCU and in a short stint at Texas was able to develop players at a very high level. Um Marquette is led by Justin Lewis, who's a freshman. He's been a standout so far, uh score from all three levels. He's their leading rebounder, leading scorer, um, all while raking in in to assist a game. Um, It's going to be a very, very great game to start off with. You know, if we were to start off with like um, like Villanova for first game, it'd be a little bit tough to see what this team could do in the Big East. But kind of like that team that's, you know, one of the contenders, but not like the team is a great way to start i'm looking forward to it this saturday it's a weird game it's at 4 p.m but um it'll be awesome to see and i'm very excited to watch that and then going forward you have at uh, villanova in philadelphia you have to make the trip there and then you immediately have to bounce around to yukon uh, so they have a really tough three games but um the best part about this team is the cohesion on defense, and then on offense, um, you know, you'll have the nights, like tonight even, with Moorhead State, where you don't have a guy. Like, uh, Kunkel hit three threes in a minute, but then, you know, Colby was scoring a very quiet, like, 15. Jerome had, like, 16 or 17. Like, we have a lot of balance attack, but we also have countless people that can get you 25, sometimes even 30. So... I think these first three games is the best test to start off with because it really will show you what the scheme can do. Win, lose or draw, I I think that we'll be able to see how legit this team can be for the next few months and so they can hopefully into the tournament.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I could agree more and I think that's one big thing that I was going to touch on that I think is really going to get tested here early in B's play. Um is, is the depth of this team and I, I think we do have very good depth i do think there's you know like you said plenty of guys that can go get 20 plus every night um and plenty of guys that can go get 10 plus boards and plenty of guys that can go play really solid defense so i think um this uh the depth of this team will really be tested here in the next um you know in the in the opening of biggie's play so i'll be excited to see that and excited to see what uh what they can bring and as we get as we get really rolling into into biggie's play for sure. righty. Well, I will, um, I think I'll kind of wrap us up here uh, for the evening. This will be the last episode you hear from me from Arizona. Um, next Wednesday, we'll be back at home uh, in Kansas City, so that'll be good. Um, and we'll roll that one into the holidays, maybe do a little Christmas special or something. I don't know. What, I don't know what we got planned, but uh, <laughs> we'll figure something out. Um, and hopefully we'll be talking about a, a Xavier win over a top top 10 team. So we'll see. Um, obviously what next week brings um, but yeah it you know a couple big tests for uh, Xavier to get the season get this biggie season rolling so um, sure. again we as always we thank you all the you know for tuning in and uh, yeah go muskies Graham you got anything to roll us out
1: uh, oh of course um, just everyone we'll see you soon very soon um, enjoy the next few days big holiday season hope everyone stays safe until then. Uh, everyone have a good one. We're out.